get in the zone with the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. I did want to, as we move on, Brian, I did want to look at two. Well, we got to talk about OTAs. We, we said we're going to talk about yeah. OTAs. Here, let me say this about OTAs. Everybody looks good at OTAs. And as much as I look forward, I really do look forward to seeing, like, the completions and, and, and who did what. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. OTAs don't matter. So Lance was took the first team reps in the when last week or whatever it was. Sam Darnold did this week. It'll flip-flop until Purdy gets back. They checked down. There were there were this completion percentage. There were this many drops. It's all bullshit. It all doesn't matter that much. Talk to you when you get to training camp, but I guess for now it's what we have, so it's fun. Yeah, I think to me the the interesting things to come out of OTAs are less about like, oh, what player looks good? Because again, every player looks good playing against everybody players. looks good. But more about like what are the coaches saying? You know, who mm-hmm. who, you know, what position coaches or coordinators or whatever are saying. And there were a couple things that I that I found interesting uh in terms of newsworthy items, right? So Chris Forster, the uh, offensive line coach and Brian Schneider, the special teams coordinator, both had media availability yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the thing that uh Forster touched on that I thought was most interesting was essentially already coming out and saying that Spencer Burford and Colton McKibbitts are the starters moving forward and there's no competition yes. in camp that is going to, to, to push them for, for playing time. So essentially so pushes Feliciano kind of out of it right now. Right. Which is interesting. Their full, their full confidence. Yeah. yeah. And that that's interesting to me because I don't think Feliciano signed a deal thinking I'm not even going to have an opportunity to compete. And maybe mm-hmm. he did. I don't know. It did come later in, in free agency. So maybe he didn't have a lot of suitors, but Feliciano is, is a, is a decorated player, uh, at least in terms of starts in this league on the interior and Burford rotated series with Daniel Brunskill last year. And Colton McKivitz has started five games in the NFL. And for Furster to come out and say, both of these guys are our unquestioned starters. I, that's newsworthy to me because it the way that he made it sound was this is you know in, in, unless they absolutely just fall flat on their face there's not a whole lot that anybody else can do to yeah. to get those jobs so that was interesting to me I think I think they're trying to lean more into continuity than anything which is important along the offensive line right you're returning four of the five starters from last year. You've got continuity at center, right? You've got Brendel on a three-year deal. You, you're not thinking, you know, well, this is our center this year. Who's it going to be next year, right? You've got mm-hmm. some consistency there. And then you've got uh, Trent Williams, obviously, the picture of consistency on the left. Uh, Aaron Banks uh, proved himself last year. I think Locked his in. game is just going to get better. And then Burford, hey, like, good for the kid, right? I, thrilled for him but just interesting that he doesn't have anything to prove which seems odd to me mm-hmm. again because he it wasn't like he was the starter he was he was rotating series with Daniel Brunskill yeah. and then towards the end of the season <clears throat> it was Brunskill more than it was Burford I think if Kyle wants to do that again he will maybe that's why Feliciano's there if Kyle's like this isn't working or you're not being consistent I think Kyle would do that again in a heartbeat whether he replaces them or, or does the back and forth. 
Yeah, I, I I would agree. Um, I I hope it does. I hope it's not the back and forth though, because that's yeah, I didn't like it. That's that's a weird. I mean, again, if you're trying to develop this player, why are you why are you taking reps away from them? Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, the the McKibbets thing as well. They, they believe in Colton McKibbets. There's they do. I know lots of fans don't, but everything that that team has said since Mike McGlinchey signed that deal tells you mm-hmm. that they believe in Colton McKibbets. And like we said before, to the point where they explored possibly trading McGlinchey last year before the season started because they had that much faith in McKibbett. So mm-hmm. as, as fans, what do we have to do? We've got to ride along with them, right? Because it seems like that is, that's the five. That's the five we've got. There aren't questions about who the five are going to be. Those are our five, which is nice. Again, I just talked about, I don't want to go into a season wondering who our quarterback is. It's also nice not to go into a season wondering who the, the offensive line will be like, who right. will the center be? Who who's going to be our two guards, right? We got it set in stone. And the other thing that I thought was interesting was uh, Brian Schneider's availability. And obviously for a team that drafted a kicker in the third round, that's largely going to be yeah. most of the questions that, that he's going to get. And I really, really liked how, how in depth Schneider went into explaining the process behind the 49ers ending up with Jake Moody. And the interesting thing was they tried out, uh, according to Schneider, um, they tried out 27 kickers leading into the draft. They have, or sorry, they evaluated 27 kickers leading into the draft. So it wasn't like they just looked at the top two or three because of where they were picking and said, we got to figure out between these. They did their homework. They did 27. They evaluated 27 kickers. Uh, before they landed on Moody. And the thing that I thought was most interesting was Schneider talked about the moment that he was sold on Moody. And it was at a private workout where he wanted, he wanted to see how Moody would react to adversity. And so in this private workout, he brought in two long snappers that were like, I think he said third and fourth string on Michigan's team, right? They weren't even mm-hmm. the, the, the traditional long snapper. Uh, he allowed Moody's holder at Michigan to be there, but the snappers were, were not who he was used to. And uh, he just went through this workout and the snaps were awful, but Moody never once let any frustration or, or anything show, right? He was, his demeanor never changed. His face never changed. Um, he said, It was a really frustrating workout from his point of view. I absolutely loved it because at the very end, we backed up to a 55 yard bad snap. And so he missed it. And he thought that was the last kick. And again, I'm just looking at him and he's still stone faced, really cool disposition. So I go, okay, we have a last second field goal. You have 12 seconds. I'm going to count it down. This is against Ohio state to win it. So they're on the sidelines. They all run out the worst snap of the day. It bounced twice way inside. I mean, the holder barely got it down and Moody, just like I've seen on tape, so consistent with his approach and finish and trust smoked it. And so again, I think, I I think as frustrated as people are that they spent a third round pick on this guy, I think you're going to find that, that ultimately it's going to work out for them. Brian Schneider loves the kid. He's, he's sold on him. He's, he's coached a lot of special teams. Um, and you know, he said it was after that workout, uh, he said, so right there, all those questions you have about how does a guy respond to adversity, it just naturally happened at the workout. 
and I was the only one there. So I was fired up. And he said that he relayed the information to Kyle and John and said, I don't care where you pick them. I just, this is the guy that I want. And so that's, that's how they ended up with Moody. And so, like I said, I, I had no problem with the pick when they made it. I still don't have any problem with the pick because ultimately as much as people hate kickers and, and feel like you're wasting assets on them more often than not, your kickers going to be the difference between winning and losing multiple games in a, in a single season. And yeah. you might as well get the guy that you think is best for the job. And they went and got him. And and you don't care about your kicker until they have Brett, Brett Maher moments, right? When you're exactly. like, Oh my God, is this guy even going to make an extra point? And was the third round too high to pick him? He wouldn't have made it past there because the Patriots probably right. would have picked him. And the right. Niners needed a kicker. They didn't address it in free agent. Listen, Zane Nockby has as much chance to be the kicker as Zane Gonzalez does, unless Moody gets hurt. Or we love Zane, but Zane's not going to be the 49ers kicker this year. It doesn't matter. I think the competition's comical. It's not. Unless yeah. Moody just has some kind of brain lock or gets hurt, he's the guy. So the Niners jump to get him. I think it's fine. Is he going to be Justin Tucker? Probably not. There's only one Justin Tucker. Is he going to be Adam Benatari? Probably not. He, he's the most clutch kicker ever. Those are the two guys that are sort of, you know, above everybody else in recent memory anyway. Certainly. So, but can he be a guy that can be on the, can he be Robbie Gold? Because Robbie Gold was really clutch for this team. If he's Robbie Gold for the next five or six years, it's a great pick. It's a great pick. 100%. If he's 100%. in the playoffs and he's making clutch kicks and you throw him out there at 45, it's a 23 to 20 game and you need this kick. And you feel confident in him. It's a good pick. I don't, I didn't, I thought the Wishnowski pick was kind of stupid, a punter, whatever. But a good kicker, if you think this guy can be a, a 10 year kicker, I don't have an issue with him. Yeah, when you have three third round picks and you use one of them on him, whatever, whatever. And, and that draft, it's not like it was a super deep draft where they passed on guys that are going to come in and start. It's, I, have, I don't have, I said it then, I don't have an issue with it then. I wasn't surprised that they did it when you really think about how the Niners value positions, it's fine. I think he's going to be fine for them. I think he's going to be a good player. I think a year, we don't talk about Wishnowski getting picked in the fourth round anymore. Nobody gives it, nobody cares. And it'll be the same thing with Moody. Nobody's going to care. So it's, it's a competition. It's something to talk about, but it doesn't matter. Just hope he lives up to, to the, to the draft position. And and he's a good kicker for them for the next 10 years. So, and, and ultimately you've got a kicker for the next four years, making about a million dollars a year where you were paying Robbie gold north of $5 million a year. So Great again, point. Great point. cost you saving, right there. Get, get a Matt yeah. gay or whatever his name is and, right. and pay him five, whatever, 5 million right. or whatever. You have a guy who could be just as good. And, and like you said, you're paying a million bucks. Yeah. So it's, it could end up being a very smart pick for them. 